Tzniusa. In our Likutei Marans, this is on page 57, chapter 19, Torah Yud Tes, and Likutei Maran Chelek Aleph. The next three or four chapters in Likutei Maran are going to be based on one of the sections in the Zohar Kodesh that's called Safra de Tzniusa, which means the hidden Sefer. This is one of the sections in the Zohar Kodesh that discusses secrets of Kabbalah. Rabbeinazal, in each case, takes one of the statements from that chapter and goes into a very lengthy discourse covering a tremendous amount of Musar, Yerashamayim, and important knowledge that a person needs to know in terms of basics of Judaism, and then shows how it's all included in, this, in, a, in that statement in the Zohar Kodesh. This chapter contains in it a tremendous amount of critical information for a Jew regarding topics like Emunah Sadikim, Tikkun Abris, Tikkun Adibur, the importance of Loshon Kodesh, the concept of Gerim, the concept of Shnayimikro Vechotargum, the important halacha that a Jew every single week is supposed to read the portion of the Torah that, that's appropriate for that week twice and to read the Targum that was written by a Ger, by Unkala Sager, discusses Odom and Chava and their relationship and a tremendous amount of interesting information. Let's begin. Rabbi Nezal first quotes a Pasuk that's also going to be very much connected with this topic. The Pasuk in Chavakuk Hanovi, Tfilo Lechavakuk Hanovi Al Shigyoinois. The Tfilo of Chavakuk Hanovi about the Shigyoinois. And we'll see later on exactly what this refers to. Iso Besafra it's brought in the section of the Zohar Kodesh that's called Safra Ditsniusa, Pirko Kadmo, in the first chapter. This appears in the Zohar Kodesh, Parshas Truma. As long as there was no Mishkal, they were not able to face each other. Again, this statement is going to be explained later on in the chapter. For now, let's leave it. Rabbein Azal begins, One of the very Outstanding questions that people have is For what reason do we have to travel to the tzaddik to listen to Divrei Torah from his mouth, face to face? If a person wants to receive knowledge or if a person wants to be aroused to serving Hashem better, there are sforim, there are actual books written that are designed to do just that, to give a person his oiros, to give a person his chaskus. <laughs> Rabbi Nezal says, Ach hu But the truth is that there's a very, very significant reason why a person must have this specific item of going to a tzaddik, traveling with your feet, and going to a tzaddik, 
and listening to him speaking face to face, receiving the wisdom of Hashem directly from him face to face. There's a tremendous difference between a person who's listening to Divrei Torah as they're being presented directly by the Tzaddik himself who's speaking the Divrei Torah or if he hears the Divrei Torah secondhand from somebody that was present, somebody that heard it from the Tzaddik directly and he's telling it over to you. And certainly, if a person's hearing it third hand, very, very big difference. Each time it goes down a level, it deteriorates in its effectiveness. Because each and every single time it goes down a level as it becomes further and further away from the mouth of the tzaddik himself. As much of a difference as there is in hearing Divrei Torah from a tzaddik secondhand or third hand from students that heard it from him directly or a student who heard it from another student, there's even a bigger difference if you're reading the Sefer. If you're reading the Sefer that was written by the Tzaddik, that's considered a lower level than even hearing it third hand from somebody who heard it directly from the Tzaddik. And our Rabbi Zohan of Rocha, when he discusses this chapter in his shiurim that we have on tape, he pauses here to stress that from here we have clear proof for those that are attached to Rabbeinazal, those that consider themselves Breslov, to know that in terms of the importance of a person hearing the words of Rabbeinazal from his Talmidim, or from his Talmidim's Talmidim, or from his Talmidim's Talmidim's Talmidim, there certainly is still an advantage to reading the Sefer even though it's very important and very critical to learn the Svorim of the Tzaddik, to learn Rabbein Svorim, it's certainly more important and it will affect a person greater if he's to receive Rabbein words directly from mouth to mouth, coming from one who is really a true student of the Tzaddik. If we can pause here for a minute because of the criticalness of this and turn to the back, to the Parparois Lachochma, page Lamed Zayin in the Parparois Lachochma, the bottom line in the right hand column and continuing up to the left hand column, because this is really Yesoidos of Yiddishkeit, foundation of, of Judaism. Reb Nachman Shigrinzal, who was one of the very close Talmidim of Reb Nosenzal, is writing about Torah Samach Aleph in Likut Imran, which is a chapter where Reb Nosenzal speaks at great length about the union of Emunas Chachomim, Emunas Sadikim. I'm sorry, that's page Lamed Dalid in the Parparois Lechachma, the bottom line of the right-hand column. 
Rab Nachman Shigrinzal says, Umikol Hamavura Lael, regarding everything that was explained earlier related to this chapter, Niralanias Daiti, it seems to me, this Rab Nachman Shigrinzal was considered one of the leading, one of the leaders of Breslov after Rab Nosenzal. And he writes, Shahamaimar Hazer, Choyo Eitzel Rabbeinazal, Ke'en Savo, La'anshe Shlamenu, Hamekurov, Emelov Zal. That this specific chapter on Likud Yamran that we're going to have later, Torah Samachalif, was actually like a will, a last will of Rabbeinazal's that he was leaving over for his close students. Eich Sheyiyeh Ha'hisnagus Achar Ptirosoy Zal describing to his Talmidim exactly how he wanted them to conduct themselves after Rabbeinazal passed away, regarding becoming close to him. Rabbeinazal was hinting to his Talmidim, the main thing in Yiddishkeit, is for a person to strengthen himself very sincerely with emunas chachomim, ulevli losur midevrehem yominus moil, and not to deviate at all whatsoever from what the chachomim will tell you, not to the right, not to the left, not to try to do more than them or less than them. And then a person will be zoicher to shed light on the Mishpotim of the Torah, Hainu, this means, Sheyikabel v'yilmoid, Mikol halimudim shaloimed, Mishpetei emes, V'hanhogos yishorois, Eich lehisnaig. This means that when such a person, when a person who will be zoichet to have emunas chachomim, when he'll study Torah, when he'll study Gemara, Shulchan Aruch, or any Sforim, for that matter, he'll be zoichet to be able to see in those Sforim and to derive from those Sforim the clear, practical, correct advice as to how he should conduct himself regarding everything, regarding shalom bayis, regarding raising children, regarding coming close to Hashem, regarding t'kivrei tzadikim, regarding every aspect of religion and life. Hein liatzmoi, both related to himself specifically, hein la'acherim ha'misnagim lefi daitoi, and also related to his wife, children, friends, or anybody that he could have any influence on, he'll be able to derive through the proper emunas chachomim. When he'll learn sforim, he'll be able to derive from the sforim hanhogas yishoros everything that he needs. This is the main purpose and the main intent of the significance. What makes it so significant in coming close to tzadikim? This is the significance. The significance is that a person should receive from them this specific wisdom, this practical knowledge. It is insufficient, it's not enough for a Jew simply to be reading the book, looking into the sforim. As is the well-known question of those who argue against the concept of coming close to tzaddikim, as is brought in the chapter on Likut Imran that we're learning now, and in many other places in Rabbein Zal's teachings. 
כילב כל אודום זויכה לוהיצי משפטי אמס והנהוגס ישורויס ממה שלא ימד בספורים. Because the fact is, you would think I'm Jewish. If I don't study Torah, if I'm not associated with the Torah, it's terrible. I'm a bad boy. I'm not going to do the right things. But if I am attached to the Torah, if I learn Torah, is it possible for me to, to study Torah and to, to derive from the Torah the wrong answers? To derive, to think that I'm reading what I should be doing when I'm actually reading what I shouldn't be doing? The answer is most definitely yes. Because not every person is privileged to derive the honest answers, the honest explanations of what Hashem wants you to do from what you learn in Sforim. Ukemoishom Razal, as the Gemara states very clearly, La'asuke shmaitzo elibo dehilchaso siyato dishmaya. If a person, after studying a piece of Gomorrah, wants to be able to derive the halacha lamaisi, wants to know after the whole discussion is over, what should I do? What should I be doing? That takes special siyata dishmaya. That's not for every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Not every single person is matzliach with that. Few people have that hatzlocha. Ukamay shehevi rabbeinazal b'maymarzeh me'atzmoi as rabbeinazal taught us in this specific chapter, Torah Samachalif in Likut Emran, me'inyin doyeg, regarding doyeg huadoymi, shehoyo odom godoil. We're not talking here about chilonim, we're not talking here about balei tshuva, we're not talking here about today's rabbis, who are all babies, children, compared to the Talmidei Chachamim of the past. Here the Gemara says, Doeg was an Odom Godel, that during the time of King David, Doeg Hoadomi was a person who was classified as an Odom Godel, a very great person. This is before the rabbis of the Gemara, a higher level than the rabbis of the Gemara. Vohoitzi Mishpot Me'ukol, and he was able to derive from the Torah crooked information to derive the wrong answers and to prove she'ein David roi lovoi bekohol. He was able to derive proof from the, from the Gemara, from the Shulchan Aruch, from Psukim, to show how David HaMelech is not permitted to be allowed into shul. He's not permitted to, to, to be associated with the Jewish people. Asher tikvas kol kahal Yisroel hu al David Moshiach Hashem. When we know clearly that the Moshiach Hashem, the whole salvation of the Jewish people, depends only, specifically, primarily on Dover HaMelech. And it's for this reason specifically that a person has to really strengthen himself very much and to make every effort possible to come close to true tzaddikim besides the books, besides the sforim. Why? So that the person should be able to receive guidance to be shown the right path for him according to his level. The right answers for Ruvain are not the same answers as for Moshe. Each and every single person has his path in religion that he's supposed to walk on. Just because this is good enough for him doesn't imply that it's good enough for me. Could be Hashem's expectations for me are more or less than the other person. How am I going to get that information? 
Maybe from Sforim, maybe not. Maybe I'll sort out, maybe I'll see the right answers, maybe I'll misinterpret it. Maybe I'm not pure enough, and I'll look at it, and I'll be looking at it upside down or lopsided, and I'll walk away with the wrong impression. And this is why it's so critical for me to find who are the true tzaddikim that are physically living in my generation and make sure that I have a connection with them also. For Abenazal Rimez Bikan, and Rabbeinu Zal hinted to us in this chapter, that through a person having real shleimus of emunas chachomim, he'll be zeichet to derive the mishpete emes from learning the sforim. And the person will also be zeichet to shleimus or eitza, the most important, most critical aspect of knowledge, is advice. He'll be zeichet there also. Shekam Whereby for this reason also, each and every single person has to search and seek out a true leader on whatever level, if he's not equal to Moshe Rabbeinu, a true leader of our generation, in order that the person will be zeichel letakein atzosoi to receive proper advice, proper guidance. However, and Rab- okay, that's up to this period is the critical piece related to us. I had the privilege last night of attending a Malavamalka which was held in honor of the Yortzeit of Reb Nachman Tulchinazal. Reb Nachman Tulchinazal was one of the closest students actually the one closest student of Rab Nosenzal. And, and one of the items that was quoted at this Malavamalka and possibly the most critical was that Rab Nosenzal made a statement shortly before he passed away. He said to his Talmidim that I've prepared everything with my Sforim so well, I've left behind all the knowledge and information that's needed in my Sforim so that even Rab Nachman Tulchiner will be able to handle things. In Yiddish, he used the, the, the expression to fear in the mredel, to spin the wheel. Even Rab Nachman Tulchinazal will be able to spin the wheel. These were his words. And from this statement, there's so much information that's, that's derived from it. Number one, to understand the significance of the Sforim. Number two, Rab Nachman was making it very clear to his students that he understood Rab Nachman Tulchinazal's shortcomings. This Rab Nachman Tulchinazal was a person who did not grow up with a yeshiva education, a full-scale yeshiva education. He first became close to Rab Nachman when he was around his 20s. And Rab Nachman understood that to tell him at that time to go start learning Gemara intensely, it would be impossible for him to really blossom in Frumkite, in religion, if he, would, if he would put his attention, put his Iker concentration, focus his attention there. And therefore, Rav Nosenzal stressed to him the limud of Mishnayis, the limud of, the limud of Ein Yaakov, the limud of Halocha, because that was the level, that was where he would reach his plateau, his maximum success that he could in religion. Despite the fact that Rab Nosenzal had Talmidim who were much more learned than him, such as Rab Nachman Shigrinzal, despite that, 
this individual, because he was the closest to Rav Nelson Zal, had the advantage of shimush, of watching a Talmud Chacham, watching a Tzaddik closely in action, and learning these mishpatayemes, learning more than the others learned from the books, because he watched the living tzaddik, he spent more time literally sticking like glue to the tzaddik, he had an advantage over them to the extent where Rav Zal left him in charge, left him responsible, implying that Rav Zal's students, after Rav Zal would pass away, needed his assistance, that he would be in a position to help them, and that Rav Zal prepared everything so that he will, he will lead. Not so that no one will lead, not so that the Likuti HaLochis will be in charge, but that besides the importance and the criticalness of everybody learning Likuti HaLochis very well, besides that, the knowledge that there is somebody in charge, and you must also come on to him, besides what you're going to read, check with him. Maybe you're reading it upside down, lopsided. Maybe your glasses are on crooked, and you think that it means this and it means that. Or you think that this item relates to you right now, and it doesn't. Five years from now, when you'll be much more advanced, and your children will have been grown up more, you'll be in a position to accept upon yourself this extra voida. Right now, it would be too much for you to try to do on your level, or too little for you to try to do. Each person according to his madrega. And because of the fact that this is so critical, this is why we spent a little extra time on, on this. Now we can go back. Um, as far as the question is, what exactly does Rabbi Nachman Shurinza want to use the words of Machmaz? The answer is because of the fact that the Gemara shows very clearly that, that for a person to be successful in book learning in religion is chancy. It takes a special siyata dishmaya. It's not to be assumed that every single person that learns the books walks away with the right answers. So how do I know which side I am on? How will I be able to judge whether I've been zeicher la'asuke shmaitzel yibadeh hilchaseh or not? The only way I'll be able to tell that is if I seek out individuals who I feel have been zeicher to that and I check myself with them constantly. I check. Is, my, is the understanding that I'm walking away when I read this forum proper or they'll put me back in line? Anytime I misinterpret something, anytime I take something the wrong way, they'll show me, they'll correct me and I'll be able to learn this wisdom of mishpateyemes. That's why it's so critical to come l'skarif l'tzadik him. Because the fact that we have proof from the Gemara that there were Adam Godoil, there was a Doyek Adoyim whom the Gemara called a big Talmud Chacham, the fact that it was a big Talmud Chacham was not enough to guarantee him that he wouldn't derive upside down pshat from the Gemara, that he wouldn't walk away with the impression from learning Gemara that King David was a failure, that he was to be kept out of Judaism. Of course. By knowing, by being inspired, we'll know how to, be, how to act toward different people, we'll know how to act toward ourselves. And it says, um, not to, in other words, we'll know how to conduct, we'll know how to conduct ourselves 
and will know how to guide others that, that are under our authority how to conduct themselves. Meaning, for example, our wives, our children, our students, anybody whom, who's included within our sphere of influence. Exactly. Those who conduct themselves, who follow my guidance, who follow my opinions, my guidance. By the way, for the record, the yard site of Ramachim Tulchinazal, I believe, is Chof Vov Nisan. That's when he was He was the individual who was responsible for printing, seeing to it that Rav Nosenzal's form should be published. He, he went with Mesiras Nefesh through extreme poverty and real serious Mesiras Nefesh to see to it that those form got printed, published, and passed down from generation to generation so that now, hundreds, 100 years later, 200 years later, they're available to us. Let's continue. Now Rabbi Nezal explains, when a person comes to a tzaddik to learn Torah from him, what are you going to expect <coughs> to see? What's, what's going to be there? Rabbi Nezal says, Ki tzorich, paragraph Beis, back in Likut Emran Torah Yutes. Ki tzorich lezakech es haponim. A person must purify his face. Sheyuchal kol echod lirois es ponov, beponim sheloi kemoi bemare. So that when another person looks at you, they'll be able to see a reflection of themselves just as when they look in a mirror. Just as a person looking in a mirror can see every single pimple on their face, every single hair that's crooked, out of place. They can see if there's dirt on their eyelid. They can see every single pigam, anything that's wrong or that's out of place on their ponim. A Jew is required to purify his own face so that anybody looking at him will be able, by looking at a Jew's face, to see themselves, to see inside themselves. Ad asher beloi toichocho ubeloi musr yischareit chaveroi tekef almasov rak mima sheyabit beponim sheloi. Where a person rises to a level where without him reprimanding another Jew, without him saying a single thing to the other Jew about what they're doing wrong or what they need to improve, the person simply by looking at his face will feel a regret for anything that they've done wrong. Because by the Jew looking in such a person's face, He'll be able to see himself just as he does when he looks at a mirror. How his face is steeped in darkness, meaning in sin, problems, all the problems, all the chesroinus that he has. You're Jewish. This is a requirement. He's describing the requirements of Jews. Obviously, this is not something that every single individual achieves. And obviously, because of that, he's going to tell you that, again, there are individuals that achieve this, and we need those individuals. We have to come on to them, because if you'll have the privilege of meeting such an individual, such an individual, without even talking to you, will be able to help you in the most awesome way imaginable. Imagine if somebody can show you everything that's wrong with you, pass that information on to you, without any pain, without the reprimand, without having to hear it. 
thrown in your face in a way where sometimes it doesn't come out the right way, sometimes you take it the wrong way, you get insulted. Just by looking at such a face, a person will receive that as dakhus. It's, uh, it's like Alan Kohen, when people looked at him, they uh, immediately regretted everything which they... For sure. Sadiqim, this is a level that very great Sadiqim achieve. Continue. And, and in this chapter, all of this is going to be explained very clearly. How, what, why, to whom this applies, etc. Rabbein says now, now we're going off on a tangent. for a, We're going off to a different topic for a while. Everything is going to be plugged together in this chapter. The Hebrew language, the language of the Torah, is so unbelievably precious. Its value is awesome because that's the language with which Hashem created the entire world. Kemaimar Chazal, as the Medrash says on the Posik and Chumish, there's a Pesach that says that when Hashem created Chava, He called her woman, Isha, because she was taken from Ish. So the Medrash says, Loshoin noifel aloshoin. We see that it's a word that's a takeoff from another word. You have the word Ish means man. Isha means something coming from man. The Medrash says, Mikan shenivro ha'ilam kodesh. From this we see that the world was created with Loshen Kodesh. Because it's specifically in Loshen Kodesh that you have this connection, this association. That Ish and Isha are so close. The words are so close together. And Isha is a derivation of Ish. This is the concept of Chavo Bechinas Velailo Lelailo Yechave Das. The word chavo means speech. There's a posik that says one night to another communicates wisdom. Yechave means to speak. Hainu bechinas hadiburish. We know that the Gemara says that ten measures of speech came down to the world. The women took nine and they left the remainder for men. So we see that the woman chavo is an union of dibur. Rabbi Nezal says, Hainu bechinas hadibur shaloshna koideh sheboi nivro oilam. Chavo represents the concept of dibur of loshen koideh with which the world was created. Vizeh bechinas lezois yikore isho. This is called woman. Hainu hadibur. This means the dibur is called isho. Dibur is associated specifically with women. Kemoi vizois asher diber lohem. There's a posuk that says this is what you should speak to them. We see the word zois is connected to dibur and zois is connected to isho. Lezois yikore isho vizois asher diber. So isho and dibur are one and the same. Isha, Chava, represents the Dibur of Loshen Kodesh. Now let's continue with that. And it's specifically through the fact that Hashem has given us, the Am Yisrael, a Kesher to Loshen Kodesh. This is what has set us apart and above all the other nations. Shekol noiflim all the languages of all that all the other languages of all the nations of the world fall through Lushan Kodesh, through the Jews using Lushan Kodesh, that brings about a mapola for all the languages and nations of the world, the other ones.
Hainu, this means Shehora Sheyesh Lahaloshoin Shelho Umo Achizaboi the the evil that the language of a particular nation is associated with Nisbatil Vinoifel Aliade Loshna Koidish has a mapolo it be, it falls and it becomes null and void through the Jews utilizing Loshna Koidish, which means we know that the Gemara says in many places that each one of the nations of the world has a kesher to a specific midorah. For example, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu was going around <coughs> doing a marketing job on the Torah, Doisha, the Gemara says he went to each and every one of the nations of the world and he said, how would you like to participate in my program, my ethics program, that called the Torah, Doisha? So they asked him, what's your, what's your program about? So to Edom, to the Romans, he said, well, it, one, of the, one aspect of it is murder is not a positive situation. They said, obviously, this does not relate to us because we are al-charbachotichyeh. We live by the sword. This is, it's in our blood. It's in our nature. Therefore, we cannot relate to the Torah. He went to Yishmoel. What's the Torah all about? He said it has something to do with monogamy, the opposite of polygamy. Monogamy. One wife. One wife to a man, not 30. They said, Hashem, no thank you. We participate in polygamy. It's, that's, that's what we're looking for. The, the Torah says, Loitinov, no adultery, not polygamy, meaning no adultery limitations related to a man's association with women. They said, Hashem, no thank you, because we are the opposite. We do not, we do not buy into that. So we see that each and every single Ummah has a Kesher to a particular... They, they're all Makusher to all the Midas but most of them are usually outstanding in one particular Midorah, each one of the nations. Rabbi Nezal says it's the Loshen Kodesh of the Am Yisroel that's able to, to be Machnia and Mavatel, the Ra, of each and every single one of the Loshenos of each one of the Ummah Yisroelam. The Ein Shlito Al Yisroel. And it's through the Yidden's Kesher with Loshen Kodesh that it prevents the Ra of the Lashonis of the Umois from having any rulership over us. This is another interpretation of what it says in the Medrash when it says that Hashem gave Chavo a title, Isha, because Isha means coming from Ish. So the Medrash says, It's like a word. That's a takeoff of another word. But note the, the wording of the Medrash. Loshon noifel aloshon. Rabbi Nezal says the literal translation of that is that one language falls through another one. That there is a koyach of a loshon, the specific use of loshon kodesh to be mapil other loshonos, other languages. Or the ra of the other languages in particular. Now, Rabbi Nezal says, if we want to talk about evil of the nations of the world, which is the worst? Which is the koilil of all the ra, of all evil, of, of all the nations of the world? V'hora ha-koilil shekol horois shel ayin loshen klulim boi. The ra that's all-encompassing, where all the evil of all 70 nations of the world feeds into this and makes it the worst, this refers to the fiery furnace 
of the illicit desire for women, the wrong type of kesher between men and women, whereby all seventy nations of the world are steeped in this ra. This is what, what this is what includes all of them. That is eliminated and zapped completely through Loshen HaKodesh. This is what the Zohar HaKodesh refers to when it discusses a Madura Shel Shivin Koychovim Hanizkar B'Zohar HaKodesh. The Zohar HaKodesh discusses a, a fire that's a composite of 70 stars. The Zohar HaKodesh says over there that this refers to the Soton, who swallows up all 70 stars. This means that he takes authority. He rules over all the 70 nations of the world. He has them all under his control. He's boilea them, he swallows them, means they become his. What the Zohar HaKodesh is referring over there is specifically this Ra of Taivas Niuf, which is the Ra HaKlolius of all 70 nations, which is the epitome of the Soton. Now, we mentioned this many times before in Shuram, but it's a very important Nakuda to repeat again here. We say many times that a Malach is given a name according to his mission. The Malach Refoel is the angel whom Hashem uses. When he wants to use an angel to provide refuah, it's given specifically through that Malach, and his name reflects it. The Malach Gavriel is the angel who's used when Hashem wants to do acts of gvura, acts of strength, via a malach, it's done specifically via this malach. The angel who is called the Soton, the Yetzer Horah, has a name also. And his name also, obviously, is a reflection of what his mission is. The, the name of that angel is Samach Mem Aleph Lamid, which is Bigimatria 131, which is exactly the Bigimatria of Nun Aleph Pei. Ni, the root of the word niuf, which means adultery, which means this taveres hamedura shel shivin koychovim, this ra hakoylel of taivas niuf. Period. This is a break here. Now Rabbi Nezal is going to go on to another term. Now, based on our discussion about chavo, and about the 70 nations, and about Lushen Kodesh versus the languages of the other nations, this is what's included in the term Chashmal that's used in the Novi, where it talks about the Merkova that Yecheskel Novi saw. The Gemara tells us that the word Chashmal is actually a combination of a few words, Chayos Eish Memalalois, that it refers to a particular unit of Malochim, who are called Chayos, fiery Chayos, who speak. Memarolois means their lips move. These angels speak. Rabbi Nezal says, Chayos eish bechinas chavo isha. The word chayos is related to chavo. The word eish corresponds to isha. Hainu bechinas loshen hakoidish canal. We said earlier that chavo represents loshen hakoidish. Yechave means to speak. Chavo represents dibur of kidusha. The word mal means to crush. Malilois means crushed wheat. 
that through chash, through chavo isha, which represents the deeper of Loshim Kaidish, through that you mal, you crush. What do you crush? You crush the ra of the 70 nations. And this is also what the word mal, the letters mem lamed within the word chashmal represent. The mem lamed is bigimatria 70. It represents the ra of the 70 nations, which is mismalel, which is crushed through chavo isha, through the deeper of Loshan Kodesh. Ki al shem. Now Rabbi Nezal explains why. Ki al shem ze nikra loshen hakodesh. This is why the language of the Torah. Why isn't it called loshen toiv? Why isn't it called loshen? There's all kinds of beautiful adjectives to describe a language. Why did Hashem pick the title loshen kodesh? Rabbi Nezal says because the Medrash says ki kol mokim shatamaitze geder erva atamaitze kedusha. Because wherever we're referring to a person protecting himself and staying away, distancing himself from a problem related to erva, to illicit relations, to that type of thing, that's where the term kedusha is used. Kedusha refers specifically to purity in this area. Rabbi Nezal says, Rashi. This is why Rashi HaKodesh says in Chumash, so therefore it's called Loshen HaKodesh, because this language is anti-erva. This language is machnia the erva, the, the, this klipa. Uh, therefore, Rashi HaKodesh says in Chumash, Al-Kein Ya'zoiv Ish, Es the Pesach says that because of the fact, based on the fact that we see that Hashem put Chava and Odom together as husband and wife, therefore the, the human <coughs> derech in this world, the, the correct procedure, the correct uh, process in this world is for a, a man to leave his father and mother at a certain age and attach himself to his wife. This is what it says in the Chumash. And Rashi HaKodesh says, Mikan arayos. It's from this Pesach that we learn out that the Jews were given the command to avoid illicit relationships. And Rashi HaKodesh says, Ruach HaKodesh Oimereskein. That this statement is Ruach HaKodesh. This is a, a prophecy like from Hashem to make this statement. Rabbi Nezal explains, Ruach HaKodesh Hainu Loshen HaKodesh. Ruach HaKodesh, the Zohar HaKodesh says, comes in the format of Loshen HaKodesh. That's what it represents. Kemoi uberuach piv kol tzivom. As the Torah says that Hashem created all the heavenly armies with his Ruach Peh. Meaning, ruach or dibur, it's the same, or loshon. Hainu she'alidei loshon ha'kodesh. Meaning, ruach piv means loshon kodesh. Through that, ne'esar v'neskasher ha'tayvo shel tayvas niyuf. When we say that mikan she'ne'esar lohem aroyos, the word asur means forbidden. The word asur also means to take control of. To tie a horse up, to tie a horse means to get that horse under control. That mikan, through Ruach HaKodesh, through Loshna HaKodesh, a person is oiser arayos. A person gains control over this evil desire for arayos, for illicit relationships. Ruach HaKodesh, I'm sorry. Hainu hamedura shel shivan koychovim. This refers to that fiery oven of 70 stars. 
That is not able to have any authority, any effect on the Jewish people through their Kesher with Loshna Kodesh. As we said earlier, one Loshoin has a downfall through another Loshoin. The concept of the Soton, one of the nicknames of the Soton is Ruach Shtus. The Gemara says, That a Jew commits a sin when a spirit of foolishness enters inside of him. So the Soton is called Ruach Shtus. The opposite of the Soton, what's Machnia the Soton, is Ruach HaKodesh, which means Loshen Kodesh. This is the concept of Tikkun Abris, purity in this specific area. Shehu Bechinas Ruach HaKodesh. One of the nicknames of Tikkun Abris. Tikkun Abris is the key to Ruach HaKodesh. Bebechinas, as the Gemara says in Zvochim, when the Gemara talks about the fact that their desire for women, their illicit desire for women, was weakened, was taken away, the Gemara says, quotes the Posuk, Komo Oid Ruach Boish, that man will no longer have this evil spirit, this Ruach. Note that's the word that's used. A Ruach of Tumo versus Ruach HaKodesh, Loshna Kodesh. Period. Rabbi Nezal continues. This is what it means when the Pesach says in Chumash that when after, that originally when Ottoman and Chavo were created, they were created as Siamese twins. They were connected in a certain place. Then Kaviochel Hashem severed them. He cut them apart. And at the place where the cut was made, it says Hashem placed flesh over there to cover it up. Vayizgor bosor tachtena. So the Gemara says, Where did Hashem place this extra bosor? In the place where the cut was made. This term chatach is used about a cut, and it's also used about speech. When a person speaks, they're cutting, they're slicing through the air. Words are a form of slicing up the air. That's the same term that's used regarding speech. We see the connection again between Chavo and the union of Dibur and Loshen Chituch Adibur. This is why the Pasuk also says over there, Vayiven, that Hashem took a rib from Odom Arishain and He built it into a woman. He made from it a full woman. Vayiven as Hatzela, it says over there. So the Gemara Darshans, Asso'o Ke'oitzar. Kaviochel Hashem made Chavo like a treasury. Like a treasure, a treasure chest. What's, what does Oitzer represent in Torah, in religion? She'ikra asio v'tikun sheloshin ha'koidesh toile be'yiras Hashem hi oitzoroi. Chavo represents loshin ha'koidesh. How do you build loshin ha'koidesh? Chavo is built through oitzoroi, through like an oitzar. Oitzar in Judaism is a nickname for Yiras Hashem. There's a posik, Yiras Hashem, Hi Oitzoroi. What is the treasure chest of Hashem? Hashem's treasure chest is true fear of Hashem. Kemoshikosuv, as the posik says, Soif Dovor Hakoil Nishmo Esoli Kim Yirei. The bottom line is, 
If you want everything to be heard properly, to be listened to properly, this concept of Loshna Kodesh is dependent on The Gemara says specifically that Hashem made her like a treasure chest of wheat. Fear of Hashem is compared to a treasure chest. Sheboy tolui asio vetikun shelchito. Upon that is dependent the making and the perfection of wheat. What does wheat represent? The Zohar Kodesh says wheat is another term for the alphabet, the aleph base. Chof base oisio shaloshna kodesh. The Zohar Kodesh says that the word chito ches is eight, tes is nine, he is five. Chito is bigimatria twenty-two. The word chito represents the twenty-two letters of the aleph base. The word chito represents dibur. Chavo, which represents loshen kodesh dibur. Chavo was made like an oitzer of chito. Chavo was made the way yira perfects the twenty-two letters of the alphabet. The dibur is dependent on the yira affecting a tikkun for the twenty-two letters. Note in terms of halacha lamaisa, in terms of practical advice. The Medrash says that if you're speaking to somebody during the day and you hear, some, you hear them say something foolish, you can assume that that person did not eat bread that morning. Because a Jew who is required to be oisik in chokhmah, especially the chokhmah satorah, the wisdom of the Torah, which is based on the 22 letters of the Aleph Beis, a Jew is required, is, 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 it's, Proper, it's suggested that a Jew eat bread every morning, chito, wheat specifically, if possible, but it means grains, because those items are what give a person access to the 22 letters of the Aleph base. Rabbeinazal says, pas is bigimatria Talmud. The word pas, which means bread, is bigimatria Talmud, which means limud, knowledge, wisdom. The Zohar Kodesh says, again, the importance of this item of eating bread in terms of the fact that this gives a person, this unlocks these 22 letters of the Aleph base and makes it work properly for a person. Here, Rabbi Nezal shows that Chito represents the Oisios, the Dibor, the Chava, the Loshna Kodesh. Now, Rabbi Nezal says, Vizebechinas <coughs> Eloikim Diber Bekochoi. The Apostle says, Eloikim speaks with holiness. Shedibor HaKodesh there's another passage that says that Hashem's name Elikim specifically is associated with Hira, fear of Hashem. Elikim, through fear of Hashem, Diber Bekotcha, your Dibor is Bigdusha. That's called Loshna Kodesh. When a Yerei Shamayim is speaking, that's called Loshna Kodesh. We'll hold it over here for now. We'll continue from here, Mitzvah Shem. This is just the beginning. Rabbi Nassau is going to present other concepts, and then he's going to weave everything together here very, very well. The face, the purification of the face, and the dibor, and the chito, every tikkun abris. Every tikkun abris. In our Likut Imran's, it's page 58, the right-hand column, about three-quarters down the page, 
in middle of a paragraph, in middle of paragraph Gimel, where it says, V'yosef, al yidei shehoi eloi shleimus loshna kodesh. We'll give a, a short review of the last year, because the last year we started this chapter in Likut Imran, and we said that this chapter should take about five or six shirim to cover, at least. And it's a very important chapter that has a lot of yesoidus of Yiddishkeit that a person needs to understand. Rabbi Nezal began the chapter by saying that one of the questions that people have in religion is, why do I have to travel to a tzaddik to hear divrei Torah from his mouth when I can just the same learn Sifrei Musr, look into Sforim, read the books? Why, why do I have to bother actually traveling to go see a person and hear it face to face from him? And Rabbi Nezal said, Ach be'emes hu to'yeles godoil. But the fact is, there's something very, very important that's accomplished by learning through this specific methodology. Face-to-face, word-of-mouth. Receiving the Torah, word-of-mouth from the tzaddik. And Rabbi Nassau went on to say that there's a very big difference between a person who hears divrei Torah firsthand from the tzaddik, a second level being a person hears it from somebody who heard it from the tzaddik, a third level being hearing it from somebody who heard it from somebody who heard it from the tzaddik. And then Rabbi Nezal said, further than that is reading a sefer. That a person has to know that even as, as important and as critical as it is to learn Torah from Sforim, if we want to get a shear today from Rabbi Akiva, most of us don't have that privilege. It's not possible for us to sit and attend a, a class being given live by Rabbi Akiva, but yet we have the privilege of learning his shiurim from the Gemara, the Torah Shabbat, the Medrash, all the different Sforim Akdashim that quote his words. And, and, and there's definitely a chiyuv to learn that. However, Rabbein Azal here points out that where the opportunity is available, where the privilege is available to be able to learn directly, face-to-face, there definitely is a tremendous importance to it. Then Rabbein Azal mentioned the fact that a Jew must purify his face to such an extent that when somebody else would look at your face without you having to say anything to that person, without you having to reprimand the person or to tell them what they're doing wrong, simply by looking at your pure face, the person would immediately be able to see what's wrong with them. Your face would reflect like a mirror where the person could look and and realize what they're missing, what they're lacking, what they need to fix, and thereby be mischarit, have charotov, whatever they need to have charot on. That was the second paragraph that Rabbein touched on. And then Rabbein went on to discuss the topic of Loshon HaKodesh, the importance of how precious Loshon HaKodesh is. And now Loshon HaKodesh is represented by Chava, the woman, Valailo Lalailo Yechave Das. Yechave means to speak. And Rabbein discussed the fact that through Loshon HaKodesh, Hashem is, we say in the Shmon Esrei Anyom, that by Hashem giving us a connection to Loshna Kodesh, that's what places us, the Am Yisroel, above all the other nations. And then Rabbeinus went on to describe the Ra of the other nations of the world, that there are basically 70 nations of the Goyim. Each one of these nations has their own individual type of Ra, 
One nation is into murder, one is into znus, one is into stealing, each one into their own evil way. But the Zohar Kodesh says there is a Ra HaKoylel in which all of these nations are involved, basically, and that's the concept of impurity in terms of Taivas Niuf, Taivas Noshim, conducting themselves in an impure way related to men and women, all the items that pertain to men and women. And Rav Enazal said that that's called the Madura Shel Shivan Koychovim, that's called like a flaming, a raging fire that's composed of 70 burning stars representing the 70 nations, that all their Ra is Nichlau in this Taivas Taiva Koylel, and that the ticken for this is Loshen Kodesh. There's a posik Loshen Neufel Aloshen. That not a, a posik, a statement in the Gemara. That that in the Hebrew language, for example, when Hashem called Chava an Isha, because she was taken from an Ish, so Rashi Kodesh says Loshen Neufel Aloshen. We see that in the Hebrew language, sometimes one word is an extension or a variation of the root from which it comes from. Ish is a man. Isha means something that came from a man, a woman that came from a man. So the Gemara uses this expression, Loshoin, Noifel, Aloshoin, which could also mean when those words are taken literally, it means one language falls through another language. And Rabbi Nassau explains that through B'nai Israel using Loshna Kodesh, by speaking Loshna Kodesh, this gives B'nai Israel the power to bring about a Mapolo to the other 70 nations, which are known as the other 70 languages. Now, just for a moment, to quote an item that's mentioned in the Mephoshim, when we use the term Loshna Kodesh here, on one hand, we're definitely referring to a person speaking the, the, the words of the Torah, which are written in Loshan Kodesh, the Torah Shebech Sav, the Tanakh, which are all written in Loshan Kodesh. On the other hand, the Parporois Lechochmar, Rab Nachman Shigrinzal says that if you take a look in the Likute Eitzois, where Rab Nosenzal writes his commentary, his explanation, and, and understanding of the Likute Moran, he writes that, that what do we mean by Loshan Kodesh? that a Jew is required to guard his speech, to watch his mouth, to make sure that from his mouth should not come forth any dvorim betelim, any words that don't have a positive, productive purpose, no loshen hora, no shkorim, or any other types of words which are considered diburim pigumim coming from a person's mouth. Rak adara, but just the opposite. For a person to see to it that the words that come out of his mouth should be words of holiness, which means words of Torah, words of tefillah. Speaking about Hashem, speaking to Hashem directly, was speaking to people about Hashem. And even those tefillos, whereby a person speaks to Hashem, his spiritus, not in Loshan Kodesh necessarily, but in his own language, the language that he's most familiar with, which in those days, in their place, was the language Yiddish. Nowadays, for Americans, it would be the language English. 
each person according to the language that they're most familiar with. Rav Nosson Zal says, That's also definitely considered in the category of Shlemus Loshna Kodesh. When a person uses whatever language they're familiar with, for Kedusha, that's also the concept of Loshen HaKodesh. He's using his tongue, his words, for Kedusha. That's another form of Loshen HaKodesh, of Tikkun Adibur, of all the things that we're speaking about in this chapter. As far as I know, it, it, it's probably something in between reading a Sefer or seeing the person's face. There's no question at all that listening to an audio cassette is not as good as live, but it's definitely considered an improvement over reading a book itself. No question. In terms of the coil hearing the actual sound, a video where a person sees the image certainly is also a myla. There's no question about it when it's used for this purpose, for sure. <coughs> I once heard our Rebbe Zechon of Rochas say that, uh, that nowadays the whole concept of a person's avoda in this world is to bring about an elevation to items in creation. For example, the fact that Hashem gives us permission to eat, to eat meat is because of the fact that according to the Torah, man is considered a higher level of creation than animal. If man is a higher level than animal, then man has the right to kill animal in order to eat that animal when the animal is killed, bigdusha, not hunting for sport, but where he's going to eat the animal and convert the animal to become man. He's going to make that animal into a man. It's going to become part of his metabolism, part of his bloodstream, part of the organs of the body. And when he serves Hashem subsequently, his divrei Torah, his divrei Tfilah, that animal, the, the nutrients and the good that he got from that animal is going to be used to serve Hashem. That's why the Gemara says that an Amhoretz is not permitted to eat meat. An Amoritz, a person who doesn't want to study Torah at all, doesn't want to be religious, has no right to eat meat because he's not doing the animal a favor. The animal might do him a favor. If the animal eats him up and he becomes elevated to the level of behemoth, in a sense. Same thing is with plants, vegetables. There are persons making, skipping a jump, in a sense, skipping a level. When a person eats vegetables, he's taking tsoimeach and elevating it to medaber. When a person takes a, Rabbi Zerah said half jokingly and half seriously, when a person speaks into a cassette, a cassette is doimem. It's the lowest level of creation. It's an inanimate object. We take doimem and we convert it to medaber. We take the cassette and get it to talk. That's a concept of, of taking something and really elevating it in a high way. Okay, let's continue now from where we left off. The Yosef. Rabbein Azal says now, We know that one of the outstanding tzaddikim of all time in this specific area, he achieved the perfection of Dibur. As the Pasuk says, that when he finally revealed himself to his brothers, at first, he was hiding from them. In other words, he presented himself as the viceroy of Egypt. They didn't know who he was. And then finally, when he wanted to show himself to them, he wanted them to realize that this was their brother. He said, can't you see that it's my mouth that's speaking to you? So Rasha Kurush says, what do you mean? 
Rashi Kodesh says, Baloshna Kodesh, quoting the Gemara. That means he showed them that he knew how to speak Loshna Kodesh, so he wasn't an Egyptian. He was a Jew. He was their brother. So we see that the Torah testifies that Yosef HaTzadik was Zechet to Loshna Kodesh. Alkein Kosovoi, now note, again, the Parbrois Lechachma says, Look how important it is to know your Gemaras, to know your, your Rashi and Chumash. When Rabbein Azal gives a shir, he's talking to each person on his level. He doesn't necessarily fill in. He's making assumptions that you're familiar with some of the concepts here. The Gemara also says that when he said, Kipi Hamedaber Aleichem, he showed them his bris milah. He showed them, look, that I am mohul. That's also called a peh, a concept of, of a peh. The bris haloshoin and bris hamo'er. Both of them, the word bris is used to refer to the mouth of a person and also to the bris, bris kodesh. These two always go together. Loshin ha-kodesh goes together with tikana bris, as we learned in last week's shir, that those two are one and the same. So because Yosef HaTzadik was zeichet to Loshna Kodesh, Alkein Kosov Boi, Hanimtza Koze Ish Asheru Echelikim Boi. Therefore, Paroi said, once he interpreted Paroi's dream for him, Paroi said to the people, is there anybody that possesses a Ruach Elikim like him? Meaning, Ruach Elikim Hainu Tikana Bris. We learned last week that the term Ruach Elikim refers specifically to purity in the area of Tikkun Abris. Bebechinas, as the Pesach says, oid ruach boish, that man will no longer sin in this way. This word, oid ruach boish, the Gemara Darshans over there, refers to the union of Tikkun Abris. So we see that Yosef HaTzadik, who was zechet to Loshna Kodesh, automatically that implied that he was zechet to Tikkun Abris. Those two go together. Because according to how well a person purifies his dibur, that's what determines his level of tikana bris. The Gemara learns out from that posik that from here we learn out that Hashem forbade, for, uh, told the Jews that they were forbidden to marry illegal relations. So we see that this term ruach refers to tikana bris. I believe it's the posik. Rabbi Nezal quoted it earlier. Just a second. Rabbi Nezal says, Because one without the other is an impossibility. These two items depend on each other in the most serious way. That if a person wants to be zeche, to be able to speak bigdusha, it depends on how pure the person is in tikana bris according to how strict a person is in following all the laws of the Torah in terms of purity and dealing with these laws pertaining to men and women. If a person wants to, to achieve success in being pure in that area, it's dependent on Loshna Kodesh, how much the person is particular to speak only Dvorim Shebik Dusha, Devrei Torah, Devrei Tefillah, and to speak also in this language of Loshna Kodesh. Rabbi Nezal says, There's a Pesach in Mishle which says that a person who is poigame in the bris, a person who follows, who chases after adultery, through that he loses hoin. Hoin means his wealth. 
The Gemara Darshans on a different Pasuk. There's a Pasuk that says, Give respect Hashem from your wealth. The Gemara Darshans, Give Hashem well, give Hashem respect through your throat. So we see that the word hoin is also used to refer to the throat, to the koyach hadibur. Veroye zoinois, yoivad hoin, a person who's poigim in the bris, loses the throat. He loses the koyach of dibur of kedusha. Shehu bechinas loshna koedesh. This means that the person loses the dibur of kedusha. A person who, is, who does the wrong thing in the area of Tikkun bris, such a person loses, destroys his power to speak words of Kedusha. He'll find it difficult or impossible to be able to speak Divrei Torah, Divrei Tefillah. These two are connected. Rabbi Nezal says, es Hashem This is why the Pasuk says, Give respect to Hashem, from your wealth, kabed daiko. Why does the Pasuk use the term respect specifically? Kiboi tolui bechinas kovoid. Because it's in the throat, in the goroin, which is the, the hoin, that's where the kovoid, the main respect, is dependent on. Ki Because what's the opposite of respect? Embarrassment, insult, shame. The opposite of respect is shame. And vehem toilin marayan kemova betikunim. And we know that the true shame of a person is in the area of bris koidesh, as is brought in the tikkuni zoyer. The tikkuni zoyer says on the posik veloyiz boishoshu that Odom and Chava walked around in Ganeitin without clothing and they weren't embarrassed. It says they weren't embarrassed. The zoyer kodesh says ein boishes el arayan. The center for Embarrassment and shame within a person is the bris koidish. So, so we see that if a person is poigame in the bris, it results in the person shaming themselves. The greatest shame and embarrassment is when a person commits sins in that area. Therefore, the kovoita Hashem comes from the goroin, the hoin, which is the goroin, which is dependent on purity in tikkun bris. It's the purity in tikkun bris that gives the person the shlemus of loshen koidish, through which he can be mechabed Hashem. No, this doesn't show that they were not embarrassed, embarrassed to walk no. around without clothing? Be, it, because they had that, because they were sholim and tikkun The moment there was pigam the moment they went against the command of Hashem, the nochosh hitel bozuamo, immediately there became a need for clothes. Then there was the shame. The moment the nochosh injected his foul advice, which represented this concept of a tome zera, into chavo, that moment already there was a need for clothes. There was busha, there was pigama bris. Arayan, who pigama bris. Rabbi Nezal says Arayan is the Indian of pigama bris. Bechinas orlo. Bechinas ki cherpo hilonu. We know that the term shame, Arayan, refers to pigama bris as we see that when Shechem, when Shechem took Dino by force, the brothers used the wording and the brothers were, were instructing the, the people of the city of Shechem to have a bris mila, they said because ki cherpo hilonu, it would be a shame and an insult and embarrassment for us to marry into family of people who didn't have a bris mila. So we see that the union of Tikkun bris is what's called cherpo or kovoi, the opposite.
וזה כבד שהיא הפך של חרפס וביזיונוס, the word כבד which is the opposite of shame and, and insult, שהוא טוילה בהוינכו, it's dependent on a person's הוין, what is הוין? היינו בגרוינכו, it's dependent on your throat, שהוא שלימוס לא שנה קודש כנעל, which means it's totally in a person achieving שלימוס לא שנה קודש, that's how he'll be zoichet to be mechabed Hashem, because שלימוס לא שנה קודש is synonymous with tikkun abris. Yes and no. The, what he's asking is an important question. The, the fact that that word Orla is snuck in here is not Stam. Because one of the major themes of this whole chapter on Likut Imran is the concept of Orla. The fact that there is a law in the Torah that discusses that when a Jew plants a tree in Eretz Yisrael, the first three years, you're not allowed to derive any benefit from it. It's Osr Legamri. The fourth year, you have to do a special act in order to be permitted to eat from its fruit. You have to bring it to Yerushalayim. Why? The Arizal explains there's a secret to that, that in, in the vision that Yechezkel Anovi saw of the throne of Hashem, it says he saw a light of Hashmal, which represented the Shekhinah, and around the Hashmal he saw immediately surrounding that light of the Shekhinah, he saw Noiga, which was a certain type of bed, but not all bed, it was a combination of good and bad. And then uh, the outer circles to that, he saw a concept of three outer circles, which were called Ruach Sa'oro, Onon Godoil, Eish Mislakachas. They represented the Ra Gomor, the total bed. Rosha Gomor, the Gomor Brochus discusses Rosha Gomor, Rosha Shena Gomor, Tzadik Gomor, Tzadik Gomor, Gomor. The Ra Gomor is those three klipois. The in-between, something that's close to Kedusha and close to Tumor, is that Noiga. The law of Orla is where we see this, and, and the Arizal says that's the concept of a bris mila, when we're choitech the Orla, because that Orla that covers the bris koidesh of a Jewish child, that Orla is, Orla is ra lo. That represents this ra, this pigama bris, this, these three klipois, which represent complete tumor. The, the, the tumor that, that must be cut away, must be eliminated, must be destroyed, versus the Noiga, which we're going to learn a great deal about soon, which represents as something in between, something that can, can be Nichlal in the Kedusha. Just like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, represent days that are Kuloi Ra. It's Yemei Achoyel, it's all bad. Friday? Friday, it's possible to make part of Friday nichlal in the Kedusha. There's a mitzvah of Tois Shabbos, starting Shabbos early, taking a piece of Friday and attaching it to Shabbos. That you have a license to do. Can a woman light candles on Friday morning? She wants to make the whole day Friday Shabbos. Osir, brocha levatolo. She would have to light again. There's only a certain minimum section piece of Friday, the piece that's closest to Shabbos, that it's possible to attach it and make it part of the Shabbos. Because that represents the Noiga. I made a mistake before. Sunday also. There is a piece of Sunday that can become part of Shabbos. What is that? Toys the Shabbos. Moitzoy Shabbos. If you extend the Shabbos, you have permission to add 72 minutes for each person according to their shita, depending on where they're living. You have the right to take part of Sunday and make it Shabbos. Literally turn it into Shabbos. Why? Because that piece 
represents this noiga that can be nichlal in the Kedusha. And that's all this halacha of Orlo. The first three years you can't have Hanoah because the fruit of the tree during that first three years, these three klipois are being sure on it, which you can't make a tikkun for those three klipois. Even if you make a brach on it and you wash it from today till tomorrow, there's a ra on that fruit during that period of time that we can't be masakin. Netarvai, during the fourth year, which represents this fourth klipa, this klipas noiga, there, if you do an extra maisa of dragging it to Yerushalayim, dragging yourself to Yerushalayim, which is the highest kedusha, there you have the potential to, to affect the tikkun for it. That's why that word isn't snuck in stam. Now Rabbi Nezal says, Veshem Yosef, even the name Yosef, the fact that this tzaddik was called by the name Yosef, Al Shem Shlemus Loshna Kodesh. That name, we always know that the name of a person tells about the importance of the person. The name Yosef reflects this Shlemus of Loshna Kodesh that he achieved, Shehu Tikkanabris, which we said goes hand in hand with Tikkanabris. Bebechinas, as the Posik says, Osaf Elikim Escherposi. Rochel Imenu, the mother of Yosef, was very embarrassed. She was ashamed that her sister was having child after child, and she wasn't. The moment she, get, she had the privilege of giving birth to Yosef Atzadik, she said, Osaf Elikim Escherposi. Now Hashem has gathered in my shame. Now I'm no longer ashamed, embarrassed. She was speaking Baruah Kodesh Benavuah that this child that's being born, he's going to be the epitome of the opposite of shame. Shame is pigama bris, he's going to be tikana bris, shlemus loshna kodesh. Kiboy toloi kovoid. Because in this child, Yosef, will be toli vinyan of kovoid, ki ein boishes ele bamokam arayin kanal. Because we said shame is bamokam erva, Yosef Atzadik, who's tikana bris, shlemus loshna kodesh, He's the Iker symbol of Kovoid. The Osaf Alekim Escherposi. Hashem removed that Kicherpo Hilonu. Period. Next. Now again, in this chapter, first of all, I'm a reminder, this is not an easy, as chapters of Likut Imran go, this is not an easy one. And the concepts that, that are being dealt with are not easy. And Rabbeinu now is simply putting pieces of a jigsaw puzzle in, which as we're going along, you don't necessarily see clear connections. He's going to throw things on the board, and in the end, he's going to weave it all together perfectly. You're going to see how every single thing here is connected and how one leads to the other and how important, what, what kind of practical advice in Yiddishkeit we're going to learn from this Torah. Now Rabbi Nezal says, The snake, who is the symbol of the Ra HaKoylel, Pigama Bris, Kishain, as we said before, that the Nochosh was the one about whom the Gemara uses this wording, Hitilbo Zuamo, that the Nochosh injected Chavo with a filth, a concept of Pigama Bris. Hanochosh Hishiani, that's the wording in the Posset, the Nochosh advised me Vo'echel. The Zohar Kodesh says, no, he used, she used the word Hishiani, Miloshin Nisuin, marriage. The snake married me. A concept of pigama bris. When Rabbi Nezal explains in another a chapter in the Kutaman, where a person is giving somebody advice, 
It's like injecting zera into that person. That's how important a kesher it is, and that's why that's why it's so critical to receive your advice from a tzaddik, not from a rosha. Because receiving eitzos is a concept of nisuin, marriage. If a person receives advice from a tzaddik, it's nisuin digdusha. If a person receives advice from a rosha, chas v'shom, it's nisuin diklipa. So now Rabbi Nathan says, the Nochosh was the Raha Koilel, Kishain Shlemus Beloshna Koidesh, when a person is not perfect in Loshen Koidesh, Azai Hu Hoylech Vishoylet, I'm sorry, when the Loshna Koidesh is defective, then Azai Hu Hoylech Vishoylet Al Loshna Koidesh, then the snake latches on to the Loshna Koidesh. The snake, who's the symbol of the Soton, he latches on to the Loshna Koidesh. The Zohar Kodesh uses a terminology that the Nochosh, the snake, is able to latch onto and to control the Bosor. What does Bosor refer to? Hainu Bechinas Chavo Kanal. The term Bosor is one of the nicknames of Chavo. Shehi Bosor Mibsoroi. If you recall, when Chavo was created, Odom said she is Etzem Me'atzomai. She is flesh for my own flesh and bone for my bone, meaning she came from him. So we see the term Bosor is used about Chava, who represents Loshna Kodesh, which is brought in Yermia, and the Zohar Kodesh uses that term very often, Bsar Kodesh, to refer to the union of Tikkun Abris. Tikkun Abris is when a person keeps purity of the flesh. There's this concept, sin of the flesh, Referring to Begama Bris, and Tikna Bris is an Indian of Besar Kodesh. This is the concept which the Torah discusses, whereby the Nochosh seduced Chavo and injected into Chavo a filth, a certain type of filth, Zuamo. Shehu Ruach Seora. This represents that storm wind, the storm of the Soton. Horuach Shtus, the concept of a foolishness, Ashes Xilus, the woman of foolishness. Vohoilech Umefate Esaruach HaKodesh. This Nochosh works at seducing the, the concept of Loshna Kodesh, the Ruach HaKodesh, which is Loshna Kodesh. Ishochachomo, the, the woman of wisdom. The Nochosh tries to bring her down. We find in the Torah there's discussion about an Ashes Xilus and an Ishochachomo. The whole Mishle is filled with speaking about these two types of women, referring to the side of Kedusha versus the side of Tumah. So Rabbi Nezal says the Nochosh tries to, to inject filth into the Isha Chachama and bring her down to the level of Isha Eishes Xilus. This is what the Torah means when it says that the sin stands at the entrance, waiting to attack, waiting to pounce. What is La Pesach? La Pesach Hainu Pischei Picho Sheloshna Kodesh. This means that the Soton lurks specifically at the openings. What openings? The opening of the mouth. There's a Pesach in the Torah, Shmoyer Pischei Picho. Watch how you open your mouth. That's where the Soton is lurking the most. Shehachatos Hazer Roiveitz Linak Mimenu. It's this specific sin of Pigama Bris that's lying and waiting, lurking at the person's mouth to pounce at the person, to in the bris, automatically lead him to be poigim in the dibur, in the Lushan Kodesh. That's why the word mila also 
has that mal yud k in it, mal representing the seventy nations, the ra of the seventy nations, and the yud k representing the chokhmavina train ray and delay misparshim, the the opposite of this ashes ksilus. Rav Nosson talks about that in Likuti Alochis. Now Rav Nosson says Vida, and you should know she ashes ksilus hazois this woman of foolishness, Shehu Klolius Hora Shel Shivim Loshoin, which is symbolic of this concept of Taivas Niu, Pegama Bris, Loshin, exactly, Hora Shel Shivim Loshoin, Eevsher Lohem Linak Meisha Chachomo Miloshna Koydishanal, Elo Alide Bechinas Eitzadas Toivora. We know. That originally there was Adam, then Hashem created Chava, and everybody was okay. There was no problem. There was a Nochosh also. The Nochosh was alive, Adam was alive, Chava was alive, everybody was cool. There was no problem. Suddenly the Torah says Hashem gave them instructions not to eat from the Eitz Hadas Toivora, and the moment the Eitz Hadas came into being. The moment the instructions were given, not to eat from the Eitz Hadas suddenly the Nochosh had a way of getting to Chava, attacking Chava. Via this item, he was able to get to them, to cause them to fall, to get them evicted from Ganeiden, to get the decree of death to be introduced to the world, and to get the decree of the suffering of Parnosa, Be'itzavoin Toichalna, the decree of the suffering in childbirth, Be'itzavoin, that, that, that a woman has difficulty in becoming pregnant, and all the difficulties related to give, bringing children into the world, all of that came about once the Eitz Hadas Toivara was introduced. Then the Nochosh had a way of getting to Chava. Before that, he couldn't. Rabbi Nassau explains this now, that you should know that the Nochosh, which is, symbi- which is represented by this Ashes Xilos, has no access directly to Chava, who is the symbol, Chava is the symbol of Dibur of Kedusha, Loshna Kodesh, unless he goes via the Eitz Hadas Toivora, which means, She'al Yodoi Hu es Kodesh, it's through something that has good and bad mixed into it, that's how the Nochosh is able to snake his way into Chava, to work on Chava, umatil and to inject into Chava this zuamo, this filth. It, the Nochosh seeming to imply that Loshna Kodesh is something that's so holy, so pure, the Sotan can't get to a Jew directly to, to make the jump from Tumor to attack Kedusha impossible, too far a jump. Therefore, there is an intermediary step, something that's not Kuloi Kodesh, something that's a combination of good and bad, and that's what the Soton can use as a stepping stone to get to a Jew. Rabbi Nezal says, V'eitz hadas, sheyesh boy shnei koichois, shehen toiv vora, this eitz hadas, which had a combination of two powers in it, both good and bad, who emtsoi bein loshna koidish, that's the in-between, the go-between, between loshna koidish, shehu isho chachomo, shekuloi toiv, ubein loshen shel shivim amamin, shekuloi ra. This eitz hadas, toivara, is the intermediary between isho chachomo, chavo, loshna koidish, ruach koidish, that's on one side of the fence, and on the other side of the fence is Pigama Bris, Nochosh, Raha Koilel, Ashes Xilus.
Now Rabbi Nizal says, the eight sadas toivora, this eight sadas, which is a combination of good and bad, ze loshen targum. That's the concept of the language called Aramaic. Shehu emtsoi ben loshna koidesh u ben loshen shel shivin amomin. Aramaic targum is the intermediary between loshna koidesh, the language of the chomish, of the Torah Shebechsav, and the languages of the Goyim, the 70 languages of the Goyim. Now Rabbi Nezal says, V'loshin am amamin. Kisheroitzim linak miloshna koidesh. Now these languages of the Goyim, when they want to be able to attack or to draw from, to draw strength from loshna koidesh, Iefsher lohem linak mimenu el oide loshin targum. There's no way that they can go direct. They can only get at Loshen Kodesh via Loshen Targum. Loshen Targum hu bechinas isho maskeles. Because we know that Loshen Targum is a concept of not of isho chachomo and not of eishes ksilus, but of something in between. Something that's called isho maskeles, which could swing either way, as we'll see in a minute. Rabbi Nezal says, what is isho maskeles? Bechinas maskil al yidei turgamon. The Gemara says in Sochim that whenever Dovra Melech begins a chapter with the word maskil, <coughs> it means that that chapter was given over through a translator. So we see that the word maskil, maskeles, <coughs> has to do with, with Loshen Targum, which is a combination of good and bad. Why? Because Targum has in it good and bad. Sometimes Targum represents a concept of Seichel, which is a, a holy concept, a good item. And sometimes the word Meshakel, same letters as Maskil, means kill, to kill, to destroy. Uh, by, by Agag, when, Shol, when Shmuel Anovi killed him, what did he say? No, no, no. It says that he said, now your sword that killed so many people, use that word. Right. Just like you, now I'm going to slice you up. He used the word Meshakel to mean killer, murder. So we see that this word, Maskelis, uh, goes either way. It could be Miloshin Sechel, a concept of Kiddusha, or it could be Meshakel to murder. Why? Because this word Maskelis is Miloshin Maskil, which the Gemara says represents Targum. Maskil Aide Turgamon. Because Targum is something that's a switch hitter. Sometimes it's Nichlal in Kiddusha. It's the intermediary between Kiddusha and Tuma. I think he's speaking about his mother. He says that he says to Agag, just like your mother made other women. So now Rabbi Nezal says, so lefomim it's bechinas maskil, lefomim it's bechinas meshakil. Ve'eshes ksilus hazois himefate eso isho chachomo al yidei isho maskeles. This eshes ksilus, which represents the toma, it's able to get at the isho chachomo through the intermediary, which is this Isha Maskelis, this Targum. Ki Iker Tagboires HaKlipo Enoi El Al Targum. The main strength of the clip of the Tumor comes only through Loshen Targum. Bechinas, as the Pesach says, Arami Oiveid Ovi. That Arami, which represents Aramaic, 
wanted to kill Ovi, Av Bechochma, right? Avrech, Vayikro Avrech, Av represents Chochma, Isha What destroys the Isha This Arami, this language of Aramaic. Ubebechinas min Arom Yancheni Bolok. As the Posik says, that when Bolok wanted to attack the Jews, he attacked them min Arom. Via Aram, which represents Arami, he was able to get at the Jewish people. Not directly. Bilam, who represents the Ra of Pigama Bris, everything, he couldn't get to the Yitin directly. It's min Arom Yancheni Bolok. Shehuloshin Targum, Shehuloshin Arami, Shederech Shom, Miss Oyrin Linak Miagdusha. It's Bedavka via there that the Tuma is able to find a Pesach to get at the Kedusha. It can't get there directly. It uses that as, a, as an intermediary station to jump at the Kedusha. The Iker Binyono, Ushle Musa. Ushlemus Shaloshna Koidesh Enoi Elo Alide Shema Pilin Hora Shela Targum Umalin Satoy Shebetargum Loshna Koidesh Shaidezen Nishlam Loshna Koidesh. And it's for this reason in particular that if a person wants to be misakin the Loshna Koidesh, if a person wants to really beautify the Loshna Koidesh and elevate it, the only way he can do it is by taking the Targum and slicing it in half and making that split. Being machnia, the tumor, the ra of the targum, pushing it down, pushing it away, and taking the toiv shebe targum and elevating it, making it part of the Loshna Kodesh, that's how you really bring Shlemus to the Loshna Kodesh. Just like when will the Jewish nation be Sholem? When we take from the other nations of the world, all the other nations of the world represent the Klipois. Among them, there are Goyim that come from the three Klipois Temeos, those we can't convert. Among them, there are the Gerim, who come from the Noiga, that intermediary type Klipo. The Posuk says, Ein Mekablin Gerim Limoisa Moshiach. Once Moshiach comes, we won't be Mekabel Gerim anymore. Why? Because, uh, um, because, right, because what's going to bring Moshiach What's going to bring about this Shlemus Loshna Kodesh is going to be when this Noiga, this Targum, will be nestaking completely. When the good will be severed, this mix will be sliced down the middle. The bed will be shown to be complete bed, and the part of the bed that could be attached to the good will be brought into the good, will join the good. So Rabbi Nathan says the Iker Binyono Ushlemus Shaloshna Koidish is only through being Mapil the Rav Targum and Malad Toy Shabatarum Loshna Koidish. Shaidezen Nishlam Loshna Koidish. That's what brings Shlemus to the Loshna Koidish. Velochain, that's why the Gamora uses the Loshan Loilam Yashlim Odom that a person has a, every Jew has a requirement on a weekly basis to be mashlim his parsha is the chumish with the tzibur to, to read the parsha of the week on a weekly basis and how is he mashlim parsha of the targum by reading the targum and sandwiching it in shnayim mikra putting it having two measures of chumish to one measure of targum, the targum becomes bottle baroiv. The ra becomes bottle baroiv. And, and it becomes nichal, the targum there becomes part of the kedusha. That's called shleimus loshna kodesh. Arami shehu I'm sorry. 
Velovon Arami, Shehu Arami Oividovi Anal, this Lovon Harami, about whom it's written that Arami wanted to destroy Bene Israel, he wanted to attack the Kedusha, and he knew that the only way to do it was via Targum. He can't attack Loshin Kodesh directly, he has to go via the Targum. The Alkain, and therefore, when he made an agreement with Yaakov of Inu, the Torah makes mention of the fact that each one of them gave a name to the Mizbeach, to the place where they met. Alkain Koroloi Yigar Sohadusa. Those are the only two Aramaic words in the entire Chumash. Lovon Huarami called that place Yigar Sahadusa, the pile of witness, the pile of testimony. He used Aramaic wording. Yaakov Avinu took that Targum and he was Malit to Loshna Kodesh. He wouldn't accept that name. He gave it his own name, a name in Loshna Kodesh. Therefore, the Torah says that he gave it a name, Gal Eid, in Loshna Kodesh. He gave it a Hebrew name. He gave he wouldn't accept an Aramaic name for it. He gave it a Hebrew name specifically. The beer like Halikutim Zal writes here that Gal Eid has in it the whole side of this Torah Halikutim Ran. That the Ayin represents the seventy nations of the of the Goyim, which is that Ra Gomor. The Dalid represents the Dalid Klipois, in which we're going to make this bureau of three in the garbage, and one we're going to be Mavarer, split the good from the bad. And how is it done? Via the Lamed Gimel, which represents the Lamed Beis Nesivus HaChochma, the Torah, which is the Koilel of the Chof Beis Asmodoiraiso, with the Eser Sphirois. That combination, that Lamed Beis with the Koilel, is what will bring about a Tikkun for this for this. Ayin Dalit, for the Ayin Umois, the Ayin Lishoinois, and the Dalit Klipois. Rabbi Nezal says now, Vizeh, now you're going to understand, when did Chava, Chava represents Loshna Kodesh. Originally she was created incomplete. She was created attached to Adam, Siamese twins. Then the Torah says that Hashem did something and made Chava, and at that time they couldn't have children. The Gemara says they were back to back. Odom and Chava were attached by the back. Ochor b'ochor. Then Kaviochol, Hashem severed them. He sliced them apart so that they were able to move. Then they became ponim b'ponim. Then there was able to be a yichud. There was able to be children produced. There was able to be a leido and everything. When did Hashem do that? The Rabbi Nezal says, Hashem The Torah says that before Hashem was able to be mashlim, chavo, first he had to place them both in a deep sleep. He threw Adam and Chava into a deep sleep. The Arizal says, Tardemo mispar targum, kemuva. The word Tardemo is exactly begimatria targum, Aramaic. Ki targum ikur binyono shaloshna koidesh. Because we said before, only through targum can you build up the Loshan koidesh. Only through Tardemo can you build up Chava. Yechavedas. Chavo represents Dibur, Loshna Kodesh. Vayidei Shemalin. Exactly. 
Rabbeinu Sal is going to explain soon why Bidafka sleep, how sleep fits into this. In the next paragraph where he discusses Mikra Laila, he's going to explain exactly where this, where the connection is between sleep and Targum. How sleep is a switch hitter. The Gemara says that if people have dreams, there's a concept of Chalim Ayideh Malach, Chalim Shed. That dreams come from one of two sources, either Kedushu or Tumor. So we see that Bidafka, when a person is sleeping, that's when the person goes into this Bechina of Targum. He's semi-alive, semi-dead. Semi-koidish, semi-choil. On one hand, the, the neshama goes up at that time to heaven. It's an aliyah. On the other hand, to the body, it's considered an experience of death. One-sixtieth of death. You have to wash your hands when you get up in the morning, just like when you walk out of a cemetery. Concept of being attached to death, to tumor. This combination of toy vora, good and bad. Rabbi Nezal says, Validei, just as we see that Tzadikim, the Arizal, during his sleep, was able to learn secrets of Torah, and people on our level, Rahman al-San, sometimes, Bidafka, during sleep, a person could commit the worst, could have the worst type of sin, the worst type of accident, Rahman al-San of Pigama Bris, happened to them at that time, as Rabbi Nezal is going to explain. Through a Jew working at elevating the good of the Targum, being elevating it and bringing it into Loshna Kodesh, and he takes the Ra of the Targum and he slices it away, he pushes it down. He brings about a mapolo to all these 70 nations of the world. As we learned earlier, that through Loshoin, you're able to be mapil Loshoinois, which is a nickname for nations. Nations of the world are called, that's a nickname for the nations of the world. Rabbi Nezal says the word Vayapel, Vov Yud Pei Lamed, is the Roshe Tevois of the statement Pei Lohem Veloyidaberu, that the Goyim have a mouth, but they don't speak. Their words are not considered words. Kyalidei Bechinas Tardemo, through this concept of this sleep. Shehu Bechinas Loshen Targum, which is, cor- corresponds to the concept of Targum. That's the main binyan of Chavo, which is the symbol of Loshna Kodesh. By being able to elevate the good of the Targum and knock down the Ra of the Targum. Through that, your Machnia, the 70 nations, whereby even though they have a pair, they can't speak. When a Jew achieves Shlemus HaPeh, he makes it that the Goyim have no pair. That even though they have a pair, their pair can't be effective. It can't do anything. Roshi Tevis Vayapel Kanal. Now Rabbi Nezal says, V'yoysef, al-yidei shehoyeloi shleimus loshna koidesh. Now watch the connection between this loshna koidesh and Yosef HaTzadik and the night time. Now we're going to understand why Yosef HaTzadik in particular was able to be effective at night where other people couldn't be effective. In what item? In interpreting the nighttime of Paroi, in interpreting the dream of Paroi. Rabbi Nezal says, Yosef al because Yosef HaTzadik was matzliach and having shleimus loshna koidesh, how did he achieve shleimus koidesh? By being Mesakin the Targum. How do we know he was Mesakin the Targum? Because the Gemara says that right before he came to Paroi, 
that night in prison, Hashem sent a malach to him to teach him all 70 languages. What do you need the 70 languages for? The Gemara says, because Paroi would hold himself like a big shot over Yosef HaTzadik and that he knew more than him, Hashem wanted to give Yosef the edge that when Paroi started showing off his, his languages to make Yosef look small, Yosef said, there's nothing you don't know in languages that I don't, and I know something that you don't know. I know Lushen Kodesh, which you don't know, and I know all 70 languages. Why did Yosef HaTzadik have to learn the other languages? So that he should be zeichet to shleimus loshna kodesh, which comes bedafka from the other languages, from this targum, that's what gave him the power to, to be able to do what he was about to do. That's what gave him the strength. Through that he was able to interpret dreams. Ki iker hachaloim hu because the main dream, dream, the main concept of dreaming, a lot of people dream when they're, when they're awake. But the Iker Chaloim is Beshena. Hainu Betardema, when a person is in this, this form of Tardema, which means Bechinas Targum again. Ushleimus Loshna Kodesh, while Yedei Tardema, Shu Bechinas Targum Kanal. We learned before that in order to achieve Shleimus Loshna Kodesh, that has to be done bedafka through targum, bedafka at the time of sleep. That's why Yosef Atzadik was able to be so successful at interpreting the dreams which happened when a, when a person sleeping. Yosef Atzadik was successful at, at pure Purifying the concept of the Targum, which is the concept of sleep. To take the good of the Targum and elevate it to Loshna Kodesh, and to take the bad of Targum and do away with it. This represents what we discussed earlier, bringing a Shlemus Loshna Kodesh through Targum. Therefore, he was able to be poiser the chaloim of paroi, which took place b'davka during sleep. He was able to select the good of the dream, the honesty of the dream. The Gemara says there's no such thing as a dream without psoilus. So dreams represent toivora, this mix of good and bad. The whole difficulty in a dream is that selection, to be able to know which part of the dream is the chef, which part to ignore, and which part has the message in it for the person. That's what's so confusing about dreams. The tzaddik is the one who knows how to deal with this eitzadas, toivora. He's the one who's qualified to select the good from, to extract the good from the bad, to get rid of the bad and hold on to the good. He's able to, the mevara the toiva meshesh b'chaloyim shubachinas tardeim b'chinas targum. Why? Ki hu zocho levarir es loshen targum. Because Yosef HaTzadik was zechot to be mevara the loshen targum, sheze ikur b'chinas shleimus loshna kodesh haidei targum shezocho lozeh kanal. That's the main concept of shleimus loshna kodesh through targum, where the tzadik is zechot to rise to a level where he's capable of taking even an item that's mush, that's good and bad mixed together, and even that can't mess the tzaddik up. He knows how to be able to sort out, to separate the good from the bad, and be able to bring a ticken to the good. Where do we see a case of this? The Gemara says that when a person is searching for a Rebbe, when a person is searching for a Rebbe, 
A person is not allowed to select a human being to be his rabbi. If a person finds a human being, stay away. What do you look for in a rabbi? You want to seek das and Torah from a person? Pick a person who's like a malach. The Gemara says in Chagiga, If the rabbi is as holy, as pure as an angel, Seek Torah from his mouth. And if not, stay away from him. So the Gemara says, what about Rabbi Meir? We know the Gemara says Rabbi Meir had a rabbi called Acher. His rabbi became an Apikoiris. And even after that, he continued to learn from him. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Meir, Rimoin Motzo. Rabbi Meir found a pomegranate. Just as in a pomegranate, there's good and bad. And you have to remove the good from the bad. So too Rabbi Meir was on a madrega to be able to select out the good from the bad in his rabbi. Not every student can do that. You have to be a Rabbi Meir to be on a level to do that. Now a pomegranate is the only item that has good and bad in it. What about an apple? What about an orange? There's other things that have peels, clipois, and insides. Why does the Gemara use this word, rimoin? The Arizal explains that the word rimoin is the whole secret of what we're talking about here. Because the word rimoin is bigimatria, one of the angels in heaven. Matat, mem tes tes, reish vov nun. I'm sorry, no, no, no. The Arizal explains there is an angel in heaven who represents the concept of toiv vora. Because in heaven there are two yeshivas. There's Mesifta Yilor, there's the yeshiva of Hashem, where there's no concept of machlekes, where there's only psak halacha, there's only good there. Whereas there's another yeshiva in heaven called the Mesifta Derokia, a lower level yeshiva, of which the Rosh Yeshiva is called the Malach Memtes. It's mentioned in the Gemara many times. The angel whose name begins with the words, with the letters Memtes Tes, Reish Vov Nun, Matat, and then the word Roin. That's the name of this angel. He's the Rosh Yeshiva of that second level Yeshiva where there is Machlekes. There's Kosher Posel, Tomei Tohor, Osur Mutter. There is a concept of debate over there. So the Arizal explains that that angel's name contains in it this whole secret because the center letters of that Malach's name, Tes Tes, is Bigimatria Chai. Chai means Tzadik, Toiv, good. The remaining letters are Rimoin. Reish Mem Vov Nun. Rimoin is Bigimatria Toiv plus Ra. The word Toiv Vora is Bigimatria Rimoin. I believe Reish Mem Vov Nun. Just a second. Ra is 270. Toiv is, is, toiv is 17 is 287. And Vov is 293, exactly, and then toivora, each word with the koil, I think it comes out to 29. Somehow the Arizal shows the gematria how this remind is the union of toivora mixed together. That the, the, that the Reb Meir was on a madrega to be able to sort out the good from the bad where it's mixed together. This concept of targum. We're going to see soon how this is the whole secret as to why the Torah Shebaal why the Chumash has no shlemus, the Chumash, which is Beloshna Kodesh, has no shlemus to it unless a person brings about the tikkun for the Targum, which is the Torah Shabal Peh. 
which is the cholent, toivora, where the halacha is not clear. It's all confusing. And a person fights his way, slices his way with a machete through the, the, the kedusha, the concept of the jungle of the Talmud, trying to sort out the good from the bad, the, the psak halacha from the confusion, from the hiddenness, that's the Iker Shlemus to the Torah Shebech That's what separates the Jews from Lahavdal the Goyim. By the Goyim, there's a concept of a Bible, an Old Testament, and that's where it stops. What separates the Jews from the Goyim is the Torah Shebaal because the Iker Shlemus Loshna Kodesh is Bedavka through Loshna Targum. That's why the most important section of the Torah, the secrets of Torah, the Zohar Kodesh, had to be in Aramaic. That's why the highest Tefillah, Kaddish, is Bedavka in Aramaic, in this chapter, when we put him on, we're going to learn tremendous, tremendous insights to a lot of different items in Yiddishkeit. Although I wish be zechet to understand and, and fulfill the advice that's being written here in terms of what we have to do, in terms of Tikkun Abris, in terms of Shmira Saloshain and, and Shlemus Hadibur. Excuse me? So what? His question is, if these were such tzaddikim, it would seem, and, and they were able to bring a dead person back to life, they couldn't figure out right from wrong, good from bad. The answer is in this chapter on Ikut Imran, that the moment Otom and Chavo ate from the eight tzadas, toivara, it's like originally Hashem gave man the option. You could either have all good, which was the eight tzachayim, which was pure good, or you can choose Toivora, good and bad mixed together, where, where you'll have to have that struggle of selecting good from bad. If they would have passed the test and not partaken from the Eitzadas Toivora, there would not have been any confusion, any difficulty in the study of Torah. It would have been clear, smooth sailing. Because they opted, they fell victim to this test and partook from good and bad, now the tikkun is that the Jews have to be given this cholent, this good and bad mix. It's not as if Rabbi Akiva didn't know the right answer, Rabbi Meir didn't know the right answer. They had to present their wisdom in such a way that it's zuh, it's mixed together, and now you have to break your head to work out the halacha. We have to break our heads to work out the halacha. And even the rabbis of the Gemara, on their level, had to go through this concept of searching to find, to extract the toy from the Ra. It's all based on that original pigam of, of opting to hook up to this toy vora mixed together. There's a machloikis as to what Esther Hamalka was thinking when she came into Achashverosh. What was she thinking at the time? There's like eight different opinions. Sir says, one of the rabbis says, hey, what are we playing for? Hey you, Elio Anavi, come here. What does Hashem say? What was she thinking at the time? The Gemara says, Eleonavi said, guess what? She was thinking every single item that each one of these rabbis said. It seemed as if they were machlokas. This rabbi said she was thinking this. This rabbi said, there are several examples like that where they did check in heaven. I'm telling you, there's a lot to say. This chapter on Ikutemon is like a foundation for unbelievable yesoitos in Yiddishkeit. Yesoitos in understanding the concept of Torah Shabal and the concept of Birur Halacha. And, and, you know, we're going to see... We'll see some, and I said in the introduction to the first year that the most Likute Alochis, as far as I know, is on this chapter. There's 30, like 30 chapters of Likute Alochis, or 39 chapters, I think, of Likute Alochis on this one chapter of Likute Alochis, you know, which means tremendous, tremendous wealth.